Hey everybody, and thanks again for joining me for another episode of the NHS 100K podcast with me, Matt Taylor. So it's been a busy week. Um, we went to London, which I'm going to be uploading a video about that later. But today we have got Altaf Hussein, who has beaten cancer twice, uh, wrote a book about it, and does a bit of Kung Fu. So he's an all-round badass kind of guy. So we got him on the show so that he can discuss or tell us his journey and his story. So welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming. You're right. Yeah, not bad. Thank you, Matt, for inviting me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So give people a little brief rundown of uh, of what happened uh, and where you are now. I know that's quite a broad topic, but then it gives you the chance to kind of, you know, tell the story how you want to tell it. Uh, well, back in 2011, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, it's a type of blood cancer, so I had tumours in my neck and in my chest. And uh, long story short, I declined chemotherapy. Uh, in 2011 and then I declined radiotherapy in early 2012 and um, took it all on you know in my own hands and decided to treat myself uh, naturally okay so why why did you initially um and we can get into the juicy stuff why did you initially want to uh well why did you not want to do chemo what what kind of put you off from that I had chemotherapy in 2001 um you know I was a young lad about 20 years old, very fit at the time, etc. And uh, and I had a devastating time with chemotherapy. And, uh, you know, when you see all these bold people with no eyebrows and no hair, well, that's not cancer, that's chemotherapy. Uh, and they're the physical side effects. So you can imagine what it does to your body. You know, there's more than 101 side effects. And to be honest with you, I was terrified, my friend, to, uh, to take chemotherapy in 2011. I thought, if I take this, it's going to kill me. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I'm not laughing because of that, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's 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 that obvious sometimes. I think if people understood how chemo works, which is basically obliterates all the cells in your body uh, to, to 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 the point where you're barely alive, in the hope that it gets rid of the cancer cells. Hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It left um, me like a dead body last time, so I thought, no, I'm not having it this time because you know I still want to go to Kung Fu and talk to Matt on the NHS 100 and you know see my friends and carry on working. So I thought, no chemotherapy, no radiotherapy. So, so you, so you've had cancer twice then. So the first time was in two thousand one. Was it the same sort of uh, type of cancer that you had more yeah, recently, or different? Yeah, same type of cancer. Uh, and then in two thousand eleven, the cancer returned. And like I said, in two thousand eleven, I thought no chemotherapy. And then my doctors, you know, they wanted to obviously uh, convince me to have chemotherapy. I said no. Uh, but I want uh, the viewers to understand that I was always under the care of the NHS. Okay, so for five years between two thousand eleven and say two thousand sixteen. I would go to the hospital cancer unit every six months just to get a blood test done and get them to obviously uh, feel me up and, and tell me what they want to tell me uh, because I didn't want to just discard what the medical industry knows because they do have some some good things and uh, and I wanted to get that balance. So that's what I did, but I would never take the chemo or the radio. Hmm. Okay, so when so so obviously you you're so when they found out so so you obviously the symptoms started returning then for the second time unfortunately and, and then had you obviously made your mind up um so if you'd made your mind up to go natural or, or not to do chemo what made you want to still go through the nhs then well i wasn't going through the nhs so what i was right. effectively doing was i was going to my oncologist every six months he was you know he was terrifying me, telling me, look, you know, if you don't do the chemo, it's going to spread, it's going to kill you. And and uh, like I said, I was going there more so because 
you know, I'm a solicitor and uh, I'd like to think people see me for certain skills, etc. So, so similar to the doctor, he understands the science, i.e. the way they understand it. Uh, and, and I want to be able to monitor myself at the same time. Because remember, I'm treating myself. I, I don't have the testing kit at home to see whether I've got cancer under control. So the only way I can see that I'm well is if I can still go out and play football or, or you know, play tennis. Um, so that's that was me measuring how I uh, was able to contain my cancer. Yeah, so I, I think that probably answers the question. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I just I don't like to cut people off. I like them to kind of finish naturally. So in case they get any like nuggets that they throw in at the end. Okay, so how was your doctor? So your doctor obviously when you went in there and said, look, I just want to basically use you to help me do what I want to do, but I need you to help me monitor that to make sure everything's going okay. How how did the doctor feel about that? Because obviously he's not in control. Was he was he supportive in that? Because usually doctors can be a bit funny if you you know tell them that you well, don't want to no, do what they they're weren't supportive at all in that sense. Right. Uh, okay. and, and, and what I used to do, is, and it'll answer your previous question again. I used to go in every six months, and then I used to get my oncologist to write to me to say, Mister Hussein is doing very well. I don't know what he's doing, and you know, he's taking all these seeds, and but it's working for him. And one of the reasons I was doing that was I was recording my journey in terms of how I treated cancer in a natural way. And I thought, if he writes to me, I could keep all these letters. Uh, and one day, when I decide to publish my journal, my book, I could include these letters in the in my book, so I mm. could then be able to show people, look, this is how I treated myself naturally. Here are the hospital records. This is what the doctor's saying, and this is how I discharge myself. So going back, the doctor didn't discharge me in 2016. I discharged myself because I thought, okay, I'm coming here every six months. It's been five years. Um, why do I need to keep coming back here? And uh, and that's what I did. Um, I was going to the hospital because I wanted a scan. So in 2013, when I shrunk my cancer tumours, I said to my oncologist, you know, I need a scan now because I've shrunk my tumours. I just want a scan. I want to see how I'm getting on. And what they said to me was, look, you can't have a scan because you've not taken the treatment. So my understanding is that if you don't take chemotherapy and radiotherapy, you know, you can't have a scan. Uh, so, you know, they declined the, declined the scan, which I was very upset about. So no chemo, no tremo, no treatment. You know what I mean? It seems to be you either do it our way or you're not going to get any help at all, which doesn't sound very nice, does it, really? No, it doesn't, considering, obviously, you know, you know, we're taxpayers and you've got a cancer patient here. Okay, he's not having chemotherapy, he's not taking radiotherapy. But, you know, you still come to the hospital. You know, he's, he's a patient, he's an NHS patient. And uh, it would make sense for them to give me a, a scan upon my request, purely because obviously I was, uh, you know, in, in a panic panic state and you know, it was a difficult time. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that made me mad, but he got me motivated, you see. So uh, when they said to me, look, you can't have a scan, I thought, okay, well, I don't need your scan. Uh, because I've obviously shrunk my own cancer tumours, you know, I, I've been there before, I know what cancer does to you, you can't even walk, uh, mm. you, know, you can't go to work, uh, you know, you can't play sport, whereas for me, I've, I've not missed a day's work since 2011, and previously, you know, I've played sport, uh, and I'll now continue to do so, so in 2013, when they said to me, you can't have a scan, I thought, okay, I can either go to a private hospital and, and have the scan done, or I could do something else, and uh, I opted for the latter, uh, which was to climb Mount Snowden. So when I got to the top, I thought to myself, well, that's the scan done. 
um, because I've just got to the top of Mount Snowden on my own, and I've you know, and, I, and I've got back down. So you know, I'm fit. Uh, do yeah. I really need the doctor to tell me I'm well? Uh, I'm unwell. So yeah, fair play, mate. Now that's that's interesting. It's it's good to hear. I, I think to highlight the fact then that basically they weren't interested in how you managed to shrink your tumours, obviously, because we'd have thought if you've got a gentleman here who said, I've shrunk my tumours, I want to scan, they would have been all over you to see if you'd genuinely done it. And if you did, which you did, you thought they'd um, be wanting to know how you did it. So I think it's just a bit of a window into what they really want you to do, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's obviously, you know, there's a protocol in place and it's like, you know, you take this or, or you get nothing and that doesn't make any sense. That's not fair. Uh, in my opinion um so but it is what it is and and i'm very pleased that i haven't had chemotherapy or radiotherapy since 2011 um you know i think cancer it's a bit like covid yeah so yeah it exists right so yeah it's dangerous and it can be harmful but you know perhaps we've been making a, a mountain out of a mole um over the years and um and that's what we're doing but you know, I don't advise people on cancer because I can't. You know, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. There's there's mm. a cancer act, etc. So what I do and what I'm doing today is sharing my story uh, and how I shrunk my cancer tumours naturally uh, with diet. Okay, so before we touch on that, I just wanted to you you mentioned that there the, the cancer act, and I don't think many people are aware of that. Um, can you just explain a little bit more about the Cancer Act, if you know anything? Because I don't think anyone knows that there's a Cancer Act, to be honest. Uh, I think the Cancer Act 1939 is predominantly there to stop you know, people claiming that they can cure cancer or claim there's certain products that, that can cure cancer. Um, in my view, I think the Cancer Act is um, restricting uh, the cure. Uh, it's not allowing um, people to then research perhaps alternative things other than chemotherapy and what's available, radiotherapy, etc. So I don't, I don't think it's a very good act. Uh, it's 1939. It's archaic. It needs to be updated. Uh, perhaps it needs to be abolished. And uh, you know, like I said, I have met you know lots of people uh, since 2011 who are better naturally uh, from cancer, various types of cancers, uh, and. Um, you know, through my research, I discovered there's a place called the Hunza Valley uh, in Pakistan that has zero cancer. They've never had a case of cancer uh, because they have a certain diet, uh, and that diet consists of something um, consists of a vitamin that a Dr. Krebs in the 1950s uh, labeled vitamin B17, also known as amygdalin or latrol. Um, I obviously did a combination treatment uh, and um, I did all this uh, by doing my research my personal research you know I spent hundreds hundreds of hours reading and researching as to how I was going to treat my cancer uh, you know it sounds easy but it, you know I had a very difficult time it was, it, was, it was very dark everybody was against me my family my friends my doctors everybody tried to force me uh, to take chemotherapy because I thought you know He's got cancer. He's lost his head. Uh, yeah. But I haven't lost my head. Uh, I've always been quite calm and composed. Uh, and um, for me, I had to ensure that I beat cancer before cancer could beat me. Uh, mm. And with chemotherapy, I knew that if I took chemotherapy, you see, if you do your research, you'll note that chemotherapy can sometimes kill people before the cancer does. 
And that's what yeah. I was afraid of. I was thinking, if I take chemo this time, it'll kill me. Uh, because chemo is very, very strong. And I, like I said, I had a devastating time with it. So <laughs> no chemo ever. Mm. Okay, so now we've warmed everybody up. Um, can you give us uh, a sort of rundown of... So obviously you've done extensive research into into healing yourself naturally, which I think is what everybody wants to, to get into the nitty gritty of. But can you just kind of go through your the process of how you got to that point because there must have been sort of trial and error aspects i don't know what the literature is like out there for natural remedies for cancer i know there are some have you heard of a guy called dr brzezinski i've heard of them all yes yeah 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 so so i suggest people go check him out he's a guy that found that most people that had cancer were missing some form of peptide um and he managed to synthesize the peptide into a tablet form and everybody he gave it to he cured them of cancer um and tumors uh, and uh, leukemia and young people um and then he got his license stripped off. he's had 30 something years of the government just harass him uh try and strip him of his license and then i think his final his most recent case which was a few years ago i think all the people that he'd saved came to the court to stop him getting his license taken off him um but i think he still practices in texas i think but um but yeah he he had no end of trouble um because it was working <laughs> and obviously the peptide tablet cost pence to make um so so yeah can you just tell us how your journey was then with regards to like the research where did you start you know the whole the whole th i know it's a broad thing but i think that's what everyone you know you could be shouting out a lot of people here for well you mentioned one doctor and um from my experience i think uh there are lots of doctors that have claimed that they have lots of products or protocols that can be used to treat cancer uh, and I believe that uh, those protocols and uh, those products that those doctors have claimed are very good for cancer. Um, what we need to do is ensure that we then take that work further and mm. perhaps do that research. And obviously it'd be great if we could do that research on a large scale so we can understand things properly. Uh, with me personally, I went back to the basics and... Um, Around October 2011, I decided to use carrot juice with black seed oil, okay? Black seed oil is also known as something called, uh, well, the scientific name is Nigella Sativa. And the black seed oil was mentioned in the Bible. Uh, it's mentioned by the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. The Pharaoh took it to his uh, tomb for the afterlife. So there's a lot of history with the black seed oil. Uh, and initially, I was going to take grape juice with the black seed oil. Uh, but then I found more information on, the, uh, on carrots and, and carrot juice. So I took carrot juice three times a day with the black seed oil. Uh, this is around October, November 2011. Uh, and I just kept on taking it. You know, every, every day I kept on taking it. Come December uh, 2011, uh, you know, I've had my biopsy. The hospital's confirmed it's, you know, it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. I then discovered that I shouldn't be taking any sugar whatsoever. So I basically stopped eating uh you know anything and everything uh because sugar makes cancer grow this is what i understand understood yeah. from my research and, and you know you're a paramedic you may understand this a little better in the uk for example when you have cancer the way they test yourself is by injecting you with sugar molecules so that made me think if the doctor is inserting sugar into my body to tell me I have cancer, then perhaps if I eradicated sugar, I could stop the oxygen, the food supply to those cancer cells. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's basic mm -hmm. logic. So I stopped all sugar. 
because uh, I thought, well, yeah, you're using sugar to tell me I've got cancer. If I don't give any sugar to those cancer cells, they've got no energy. Uh, and that's what I did. So carrot juice with black seed all three times a day and then no sugar. Uh, I noticed my tumour wasn't growing. Uh, and, but I didn't want to stop there because cancer is dangerous. You know, the cancer will kill you before you can get out of bed. You know, I know, I know what it's like. It's dangerous. And, uh, you know, and it keeps growing. It keeps growing and it grows at a fast pace. And the reason why it keeps on growing is because of the sugar, for example, in the body uh, and the food that we're putting in. So what I did, like I said, was I stopped eating, uh, uh, you know, or taking sugar, taking meat, etc., etc. Around January 2012, I discovered something called apricot seed therapy. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's basically eating food high in vitamin B17. So, for example... I wouldn't eat toast for breakfast. I'd have, say, 15, 20 grapes with seeds. So it's very difficult to find grapes with seeds in the UK. I don't know if you ever yeah. look for Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't oh, get them. No, back in the day they used to be, because I remember eating them when I was a kid and spitting the them out, but yeah. Yeah, so you can go to your local Tesco and uh, look for grapes with seeds, but you won't find any. So finding grapes with seeds is like you know hitting a gold mine so that's what i was doing i was buying grapes with seeds i'll eat them for breakfast uh, and the idea of what i was doing was um eating uh or taking shall i say something called vitamin b17 discovered by dr krebs and dr krebs um, uh, junior uh, dr ernest krebs and the idea was to Take these apricot seeds, and I want viewers to understand because you know people get excited and think you know you know I'll have speech and cancer, and you know, like I said, I don't tell people what to do. I can't. We all have a journey, and we all have to make our own decisions. I'm just sharing exactly what I did and what I discovered. Okay, um, with apricot seed therapy involves taking high dose vitamin C, so and high dose zinc. Now, there's no point eating all this food that's good for you if you don't have a transport mechanism. So zinc is used to then transport the latrol, the amygdalene, vitamin B17, whatever you want to call it, around the body to directly kill cancer and those cells. Uh, and that's what I did. Um, so I was eating a lot of pineapple. I was eating a lot of papaya. Uh, and the viewers are probably thinking, why pineapple? Well, when you eat a pineapple, the inside hard bit that most people throw away contains the most bromelain. And what bromelain does, it weakens cancer cells. So what I was doing was I was direct, unlike chemotherapy, I was directly finding cancer cells, weakening them, and then killing them, destroying them. Uh, and that's how I shrunk those cancer tumours. And like I said, the reason I stayed a patient at the hospital between 2011 and 2016 is so that I can get a oncologist every six months because it helps in terms of the way I was treating myself and in particular now because I'm able to show how I treated myself what the oncologist was saying because uh, he did, he was baffled he couldn't understand because he's not interested um, he did shake my hand when I discharged myself and told me I was a clever man <laughs> to which I responded yes I know um, so yeah, the treatment sounds simple, uh, but at the same time it's complicated and I did it solid for two years, between 2011 and 2013. So I was going to work, 
But, you know, I'd have my pineapple in my tin and I'd take my apricot seeds with me and I'd diarise everything. So, you know, I recently set up a Telegram channel uh, because I'm getting censored. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting censored because I'm not claiming anything. What I'm doing is sharing my story and how I treated cancer the natural way. Okay, so I'm getting censored on TikTok, apparently my videos are not authentic, uh, censored on uh, LinkedIn, although I had a fantastic profile on LinkedIn as England's leading international lawyer. Uh, but anyway, so on Telegram, for example, I show people my diary extracts from 2011, 2012, where I'm diarising how many seeds I've taken and when's my next dose of carrot juice, etc. So like I said, I had to ensure... Uh, that I was sticking to a a program religiously uh, to beat cancer naturally. I don't want to take any risks, and mm. you know, if you if I was to risk it too much, we, we know what the eventual outcome would be. Mm. Uh, so you know, it was a fight, and I had to ensure that I, you know I, I kill cancer naturally. I mean, I got a lot of respect for you, buddy, um, for doing it. So, well, so Matt, I'm going to interrupt you, and, and a lot of people say this to me, and uh, you see. It's about the research, my friend, okay? Mm. People, people are like, oh, Altaf did it, and, you know, it's a miracle. Yes, it's a miracle, but it's the homework and the research, and I understood how to treat cancer naturally. Like I said, I know so many people uh, who are better from various types of cancers, um, you know, bladder cancer, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, you know, and, and, there's, thousands of, and, and there's people around the world who are better naturally. So I, I don't know why we're not obviously looking into certain treatments and looking into them further rather than still give chemotherapy, which is 100 years old. Mm. You know, it's not changed. It's not improved. It's almost like they don't want it to, is it? It sounds like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, this is the funny thing because I've, I've got to speak to so many different people doing this podcast and most of them <clears throat> haven't had the, the the vision that we discussed earlier. Um but they've been thrust into this world through other sort of ways like curing cancer or trying to just give people the right treatment. And then they've been thrust into the world of censorship um, for no re other reason than trying to do what's best for, for, for the greater good. The, you'll be getting censored because they won't want you to be spreading a treatment that people can buy from Tesco's, mate, <laughs> basically. Well, yeah, on the internet. So, you know, my treatment, it was costing me around 50 pounds a month, but then, I was saving money because I wasn't eating takeaways. So I was buying pineapple, papaya, you know, pancreatic enzyme tablets, black seed oil, bags of carrots. Um, so all food, uh, you know, eating avocados because I needed the zinc. Um, you know, chemotherapy makes a lot of money. You know, the cancer industry around the world is a billion dollar industry. Uh, and it's a shame that we're not looking into alternative treatments, researching those treatments, and the doctor that you mentioned, uh, and there are lots of other doctors who have other alternative treatments. And if I was treating my cancer again now, um, one of the things I may incorporate, for example, is cannabis oil, which I never used. But there's no mm. harm in me using it. You know, a few mm. drops of cannabis oil, you know, I could be buzzing all day. And... Mm. <laughs> treating myself and uh you know getting better yeah well so when you were going through your research uh because i know there's another doctor um a black gentleman that's that said the first thing he does to his cancer patient is getting get them to fast for 40 days uh and i think he said 75 percent of his patients once they survived the fast didn't have any cancer or the cancer sort of subsided 
So that's when he said there's a strong link, obviously, to what you put in your body, which is what you've said um, with regards to the foods and everything else. So <clears throat> were you still eating other stuff like meat and other vegetables that you would normally eat in a day to day kind of life, just not with the, the, the bad stuff, if you will? Yeah, so effectively, I was fasting because I wouldn't wake up and then start having beans and toast and eggs. Okay, I'd wake up, I'd alkaline my body. Okay, so sometimes when you go on the internet, there's, um, you know, some 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 people, scientists, for example, are saying you know, there's no such thing as alkaline your body. Some are saying you can alkaline your body. And for me personally, I believe you can alkaline your body. So what I would do, and what I've done this morning, for example, is I'll you know I'll wake up, uh, one glass of water, lemon juice or apple cider vinegar. If I got some honey, I might dash a little in a bit of cinnamon, for example. Anything that I think that can alkaline my body first thing in the morning. Um, so yeah, apple cider vinegar or lemon juice, and I and I have that water first thing in the morning. And when I treated myself. Yes, I was fasting because I lost about a stone, stone and a half in weight because I stopped eating all the doner kebabs and, and meat and chicken and fish fingers. I would just eat fruit and vegetables. And in particular, the fruit and vegetables I believed contained high dose of vitamin C, high doses of zinc because and high dose of um, bromelain, for example, mm -hmm. to you know, directly kill these cancer cells. So, yeah, you could say intermittent fasting. Is that the word? You can perhaps yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was doing. And I've pretty much done that almost for two years, you know. Uh, did, you supplement with a, uh, did you supplement with any uh, oral supplements, for example? For those of us that, that don't have a, very, a, a good palate for vegetables, did you try supplements with, with tablets or was it just all purely from foods? No, so with my treatment, I obviously treated myself with the diet, the apricot seeds, the, you know, the avocado, the pineapple, the papaya. But at the same time, it's a bit like if you're a bodybuilder, you know, you, you go to the gym and you do the weights, but then you take, I don't know, some supplements like whey protein or mm. whatever they call it, creating to build your muscles. So similarly with cancer, uh, when I was treating myself with diet, I would then supplement, my, supplement myself with um, vitamin uh, tablet supplements, for example, vitamin C supplement. So although I was taking lots of vitamin C, I would still take a two two thousand milligram vitamin C supplement. Mm -hmm. I would take a seventeen milligram zinc supplement. So high dose uh, doses of these vitamins, but at the same time, for me, I thought to myself, all I'm doing is you know having natural food here and just supplement myself. So I'm not doing anything bad. If there's excess vitamin C, it'll just come out uh, in any event. So I, I don't need to worry. Mm. So how long did it take before you started noticing, not necessarily an improvement, but how long did you know, no, notice that, well, that it was taking an effect, good or bad, I suppose? Because obviously you said you're doing it for two years. So in that two years, were there any signs that you were doing the right thing or was it just, yeah. you know? Uh, I'd say, yeah. So October to March, so October 2011, uh, by March 2012, I shrunk all my cancer tumours and stopped metastasis. Five months. Months. Yeah, yeah, so I start metastasis, and metastasis is the spread of cancer. Okay, so what cancer does is it doesn't matter what type of cancer you have, whether it's you know breast cancer, throat cancer, cancer keeps on spreading, and it's the spread that eventually overtakes your body and kills you. So what I did was I stopped the spread of cancer, I contained it, and I wouldn't allow it to grow any further. 
and, and I did that within a, a five-month period. But like I said, I don't want to stop. I treated myself solid for two years. Mm. Uh, and even to this day, I still do about 10%. Uh, you know, like I said, I tried to alkaline my body this morning. I had a kebab last night. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to live a normal life. Yeah. Um, and uh, But today I might still take uh, some, you know, if I can find grapefruit seeds, I'll probably eat some of those. Um, I might make some carrot juice. So, you know, still trying to eat healthy when I can. So basically everything that kind of grows naturally in the world is good for us and all the other stuff isn't, is pretty much, you know, the general seems to be the general consensus, to be honest. Everything God intended for us to eat is on the planet. Yeah, and you mentioned God. And um, what I did was when I treated myself, I just looked up into the sky and said, God, help me. You know? And people say to me, how did you find all this out? And I said, I just prayed to God. Uh, but he didn't suddenly just throw a book at me and said, here you go, here's the information. I believe he directed me, and all I did was I just kept on researching my time, just kept on reading, kept on researching. So if you go on the first page of Google and it says to you something, uh, I would have take that as perhaps the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So, so what I was doing was I kept on digging deep. So it's like gold. You're not going to find gold on the surface. Okay? Mm. If you want to find gold, you got to keep digging. And that's what I did. And when I say to people, like, you know, and I'm used to it because I'm a lawyer, you know, I'm used to reading hundreds of pages of documents and researching. So for me, it was a lot easier, perhaps, because of my background. Uh, and, you know, I'd finish work five, six o'clock in the evening. By eight o'clock, I'd be back on the internet uh, reading till probably three in the morning, you know, six, seven hours of research every night, every night, just kept on reading, kept on researching. And anything that told me, for example, apricot seeds was poisonous and you know they can cause cyanide poisoning etc i was scared i was very scared but i kept on researching and uh, i'll tell you a true story i contacted this uh, christian group in america in the end because i said listen i'm going to take some of these apricot seeds what do you think and he messaged me back and he said by the blood of jesus mr hussein you will get better right and um you know, and uh, it sounds funny, and that's what I did. But uh, when I did my research, I researched everything, Matt. It's not just the science. I mm. started researching the Holy Scriptures. So I read the Bible. I read the Quran. I read what the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said. Uh, I read about, you know, how the Pharaoh, you know, used the black seed oil. So I went back to the basics of... Mm. And nature and how everything came according to religion um, and and used it all and, and in the Bible it says that the seed is meat for you uh, whereas obviously nowadays we're told that the seed is bad for you uh, even though I'm not a Christian you know, I, I still thought okay that that sounds good that, that that made some sense to me because it's logic okay if I can eat the fruit then surely I can eat the seed that's the way I look at things <laughs> yeah, so if my doctor says to me, you can't eat these seeds, I thought, I'll be like, no, doctor, I'm eating that apple, so that means I can eat the seed. I'm eating that apricot, which means I can eat the seed. I'm having cherries, so if I crack that cherry nut inside, there's another seed. Surely I can eat that because the cherry comes from that seed. Okay, anything excessive is poisonous. If I was to drink, I don't know, five gallons of water, my body would collapse. You know, mm. anything excessive is bad for you so i think everything in moderation 
Um, so going back to your question, I think nature has all the answers. Um, as a Muslim, I personally believe God created the cures before the diseases. So, you know, I've not had a, a COVID vaccine because I don't need it. You know, my vaccine is carrots. Uh, you know, I'll fit and well and, you know, I will continue to, to um, uh, go by what Hippocrates said, that food is medicine and medicine is food. And I don't want to move away from that too much purely because I think modern medicine, I think it's very good. I think there's lots of good things about modern medicine, but I think there's lots of bad things and they put it all together and they're like, just have it, have it, you know, because at the yeah. end of the day, uh, you know, we all need to put bread on the table uh, and, and, you know, modern medicine, you know, they need to make a profit. And I understand that, but there needs to be a balance between natural medicine and modern medicine uh and not just for example oh you know we found a vaccine of course you find a vaccine you, you haven't found a, a cure for cancer you've had more than 100 years so when <laughs> when all the drug companies started to claim that they had this vaccine you know i found that i was kind of suspicious thinking well does this really work or is this just another gimmick uh, and, and i don't want to take and i'm not going to be having any vaccines because i i, I don't think they're very good for you uh, and uh, recently i've obviously read lots of articles about in terms of some of the uh, adverse reactions now we have to understand all drugs have side effects and one of the reasons yeah. i've not had chemotherapy or radiotherapy is because the side effects can be worse than the disease itself mm. um so you know so in your research then, did you find much biases then or much bias then? Because obviously you said then obviously the apricot seeds, they, they contain, you know, poison, which would stop most people from, from ingesting them, regardless if it was in the small print, you need to have half a kilo of these to, for them to be poor. As soon as you say um, they've got a substance in them, what did you say it was? Um, cyanide. Cyanide. Everybody knows cyanide is really, really poisonous. So that's one way of keeping you away from it. But then you think, hang on a minute, the fruit of the trees or the plants is, is essentially... The, the, the fruit pollinates and you're supposed to eat it. So are the animals. And then you digest it, you poo it out somewhere else. And then that's the pollination of the plant. Uh, so seeds and fruit are designed to be consumed and eaten so that they can be spread and pollinate, which is why bees take the pollen. You know, so that's how nature wanted it to be. So I, I'd never heard that you can't eat seeds um, until speaking to people like yourself and other people where they're, when you look into it, it says, you know, don't eat these seeds. And you're like, well, they're in the fruit though. Well, the FDA, the Food and Drug Agency in America say that, uh, and you, you can check this out yourself, they say that if you take more than three apricot seeds, you could potentially die from cyanide poisoning. Uh, and there's lots of articles now, if you put in, for example, apricot seed, there may be an NHS article that'll come up and we'll say, well, you know, people use it, but you know, you've got to be concerned about cyanide poisoning. Like I said, I'm not here to advise people, uh, but I've had hundreds of thousands of seeds. Uh, and I'm still here today, and uh, I believe that they helped me shrink my cancer tumours. So yeah. I think everything in moderation, and uh, like I said, the way I treated myself, I gradually built up my treatment. So I didn't suddenly think, okay, I can, like I said to you, you know, if mm. I went to the gym and I suddenly tried to do 100 push-ups, I wouldn't be able to do them. I need to gradually mm. build up to 100 push-ups, yeah? So over yeah. a week, I'll probably do 10, 10, 10, and 15. Yeah. Same with my apricot seeds, same with the black seed oil. I do, over like a 7 to 15-day period, I slowly increase the dosage. And at the same time, I ensure that I measured myself to see how I feel. And yeah. if I felt 
Exactly. So even with the apricot seeds, yeah, I, I've got a few side effects, but they're not as anything as bad as chemotherapy. Okay. So the side effect that I got was I had a little rash. I felt a bit cold, but I expected that because through my research, I understood that apricot seeds, for example, lower your blood pressure. So if the high blood pressure, you could take them and potentially lower your blood pressure. Uh, and that's, that's how I did it. I mean, it's impressive. So, so five months it took. So I just wanted to go back to something that you said, obviously, earlier on about the, the, the pharmaceutical companies needing to make money. Um, personally, I don't think they do, because I don't think if, you, if you're dealing with people's health, uh, the NHS doesn't make money. It gets given funding from the government. So I, I personally think pharmaceutical companies should operate the same way. Then Their, their only job is to make pharmaceutical products for us that will benefit us. I don't think it should be... Um, you know, for profit, because then the shareholders to get involved, it just creates, as what we can see, a bit of corruption now. But um, okay, so I wanted to digress to your to your book, which uh, well, no, you, you, you describe your own book. It's your book. You pimp yourself out, mate. So, what was the inspiration for the book? Obviously, curing cancer. But were you writing it during the treatment, or was it something that came about afterwards? Uh, no, in I started um, like I said, I treated myself, and uh, in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I started to write the book around 2017, 2018. I did about five, 10,000 words, and then I stopped, and I left it. And it was only uh, in lockdown, which I call house arrest. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what it was. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's, it's, it's yeah. house arrest. Uh, so during house arrest, I had a lot of time, uh, and that's when I completed the book. So I published the book in September 2020. Uh, and I wanted to obviously get the message out. And I wanted to share my story. Like I said, you know, there's the Cancer Act and there's all these laws and protocols, etc. And I'm not here to break any laws. You know, I'm a lawyer. Um, but I wanted to share my story. So my book is effectively an autobiography of who I am, how I grew up, uh, how I enjoy, obviously, you know, doing a bit of Kung Fu and uh, uh, in the climb mountains and, and how I treated cancer the natural way. So in my mm. book, I include my first bout of cancer and how I had a horrible time with chemotherapy and all the side effects. And then I go on to how I obviously did my research and why I did that research and how what food I ate and what quantities. I include all the hospital letters from the oncologist. Um, so anybody that's obviously medically trained will be able to understand those let letters perhaps a bit more than I do. I also include a summary treatment and easy to follow some of the treatments. So if anybody reads my book, they can see exactly why and uh, what I was taking. Uh, so there's more What's just the, so What's the, the book's book called? called the it's called The Angel's Advocate, How yeah. I Overcame Cancer the Natural Way. Good. So when you when you obviously started to see the, the tumor shrinking and all that kind of stuff, what was the reception like from your family and friends? Obviously, because you know, you said they weren't too happy with what you were doing. What was their reaction like when you said to them, see? <laughs> <laughs> uh, since I treated my cancer, uh, uh, my family friends obviously think, you know, as have perhaps knows a lot of things that, you know, we, and we perhaps underestimate him. So since then, lots of people have approached me for things like blood pressure, diabetes, gallbladder stones, uh, arthritis, and, um, you know, through research uh, and through food, I've been able to help them. Uh, diminish if you like their mm. their, 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 their aches and pains etc so um 
I, I think um, if we do do a lot of research and homework, I think there's a lot of answers in nature and we can potentially um, eradicate a lot of uh, illnesses and diseases or at least reduce the symptoms uh, yeah. considerably more than perhaps chemical medicine. Uh, and I don't think chemical medicine is very good for you, but it has a place for certain yeah, things. I agree. Um, I think it's it's been difficult obviously working in medicine as well when you when you see it's a generation thing the elderly generation when you try and explain to them that they could do with a lifestyle change they consider it really really daunting they would just prefer to have a tablet and it be done with um and it seems to be as we go further down the generations at the moment they seem to be a little bit more there's there's more information out there for people to make decisions about their health without just needing a tablet and i think people are taking especially now a little bit more ownership of their health but even still my 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 parents and friends and all that, when you say to them, look, just go and have a bit of a lifestyle change, eat less, do more. Uh, they just, just don't want to do it. They just want a tablet. They want it to be to be gone. And you think to yourself, most of your aches and pains are inflammation from bad food, bad diet, and not moving enough. If you just improve that a little bit, you'd, you'd see improvements, but they're just, it's hard, isn't it? So people don't want to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, I don't want to walk. I don't want to do this. I don't. And it's like, well, your body's designed to move. You know, your body's designed to move. I was always told, you know, the quicker you can get up and moving from an injury, the, the quicker your body will recover within reason, obviously, because your body's designed to move. But I cannot get people for the life of me to do these lifestyle changes that you know would have so much benefit to them. They'd just rather have surgery or tablets. Um, so did you get much communication from any other doctors or, or uh, oncologists or anything like that after, you know, you completely kicked your ass out of your cancer? Uh, no, like I said, uh, my hospital, etc. Uh, it's amazing how I get text messages sometimes from my doctor saying it's obviously automated, saying, oh, Mr. Hussein, you are high at risk of flu. Come and take the flu vaccine. It, it, it makes me laugh. Uh, no, mm. uh, like I said, well, I discharged myself in 2016 from Heartland Hospital, Birmingham. Yep. Uh, my oncologist, one of the oncologists, shook my hand uh, and said I was a clever man, which I agreed to. Uh, because I, <laughs> I, I, I have to, um, but no, they're not taking any notice. Uh, they're not interested. You see, your doctor is trained uh, to give what he's being uh, what he's been taught at university. So sometimes, you know, I've got friends who are doctors and scientists, and they argue with me. And, and my argument is simple: you only know what's on the syllabus, whereas I know more than you because I've gone beyond the syllabus. Uh, and I've gone back to the basics of what, for example, Hippocrates said. <coughs> Hippocrates said, i.e. food is medicine, medicine is food, which effectively is what I did to treat my cancer. Um, so the doctors are not bad. And that's something that sometimes people are like, you know, my doctor. Doctors are very good uh, and they're good people. And, you know, and I like to say that our lawyers, you know, most lawyers, most doctors, they're good people. And that's why they go into those professions. What's happened is, they're gone with good intentions, but they're only taught certain things. And like I said, if we can get a balance of natural medicine and modern medicine, imagine what our doctors could be doing. You know, they could yeah. be doing a lot more, you know, our, our health care professionals and the world would be a much healthier place. Yeah. And it's it's not designed for that to happen either. When you when you go speak to any holistic practitioners um, or health practitioners or anything else, their hands are tied because if you need any procedures doing you still have to go through your doctor and and sometimes if you go to your doctor and say look this health coach or so and so says he wants me to have this done the doctor quite often won't do it um because well, it's not coming doctor, from him 
the doctor only knows how to cut, burn, and poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, and with cut, burn, and poison, like, like I said, sometimes you need surgery. Okay, one of my family members uh, had a very bad knee, and he approached me and he said, "Look, the doctor wants to do knee surgery." I said to him, "I wouldn't do it." He then decided that he's not going to do this knee surgery. And this uh, this was about eight years ago. Since then, he's been thanking me because every one of his friends that has had this knee surgery, they're now in a wheelchair. So when he sees me, he's like, "I'll have you know, thanks for you know supporting me and saying to me like, okay, you know, I you know, ultimately I need to make the decision, but at least you get your view." And yeah. my view was, look, you know, I think the reason you've got lots of knee problems and, and knee pain is you got a lot of inflammation around your knee. You know, mm. your body's acidic. You perhaps need to change your diet to make it a bit more alkaline, lose a little, a little bit of weight to take some of that weight off your knees and you'll feel better. And like I said, if friends are in wheelchairs and he's in a better position because he's still able to walk, even though you know, he can't walk very fast, he's still able to walk. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's proof in itself, isn't it? This is, this is the thing. You're, I, I find it fun. Well, I don't find it funny. I, I'm not surprised that you'll still have doctors arguing with you when you're standing there saying, I literally cured my own cancer. With, with apricot seeds and carrot juice and some other bits, mate. You know, and it doesn't matter how much they argue with you. They can't take that away from you because it's like, well, it works. So so I think you're... Well, I've um, got their letters, their own letters from the, from the hospital. And uh, like I said, I, I, you know, I purposefully did that because I wanted to keep a record uh, and the record was important and the book was written to record the treatment. You see, the treatment that I did uh, and how I obviously continue to do my research. This sort of information is very difficult to find. This information is suppressed. This information is distorted. Uh, this information, uh, you're not going to find it. Uh, and even if you found it, it will just say, like, it's cyanide poisoning. And, and like I said, I'm not advising people on how to treat cancer. Mm. I just share how I did it and why i did it because i did all that hard work and all the research etc uh and, and i've read lots of books um and follow lots of alternative doctors to get this information together so you know it's difficult to find um yeah at the same time what the science is saying it's kind of true uh things like apricot seeds and black seed oil they're very strong products okay so if you were to or if I was to suddenly just take lots of apricot seeds, you know, that could could potentially make me, uh, you know, unconscious or leave me dizzy. Uh, and that's what I did at one time, to be honest with you. I overloaded myself. I thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to overload myself with vitamin B17 and magdalene. And if it means I'm going to collapse, I'm going to collapse. So that's what I did. Uh, but I didn't collapse. <laughs> Can you see, I was testing myself. So this is like, uh, you know, it's risky business. But I, like I said, there has to be a balanced approach, and that's what I did. Because I because I did a lot of reading, I understood how how it works, how my treatment works. Mm. I understood how 150 years ago, for example, and I used to look up to Henry Ford, mm. uh, and Henry Ford entered the medical you know industry and establishment more than 150 years ago, and he was involved in. Um, introducing chemotherapy etc and i always looked up to him before because you know he was the man that you know bought the motor car and mm. when i read about stuff like that, you know I, I just thought to myself is this guy trying to help me or this guy trying to make more money uh, and sadly he, he was trying to help but he 
but he was trying to make more money, which was mm. uh, more important. So, like I said, you know, chemotherapy is good, but it can destroy you. Yeah, it can help you get better, but that's if you can survive it. You know? Yeah. And if you do, if you look at the statistics, a lot of the time it's the chemo that kills you, and uh, not the cancer. Yeah. So, when did you first start experiencing the censorship side of things when you were doing your your kind of research and your journey and stuff? Was it early on, or was it towards the end when you started sort of showing there as results from it? Well, no, uh, the censorship uh, started uh, around two thousand and twenty. And it right. wasn't to do with the cancer, because obviously with the Cancer Act, etc., I don't claim that I can cure cancer. I just share my story. I don't use the word cure. I use the word how I overcame cancer, the natural way, okay? And this is an autobiography, so I'm, like I said, I'm not here to break any laws or make any claims. I'm sharing my story, and it's a true story of how I shrunk all my cancer tumours, and I'm still there, nearly 12 years on. Uh, the censorship started on LinkedIn, and if anybody goes on LinkedIn, my name's uh, Advocate Altaf Hussein, England leading international lawyer. And uh, on LinkedIn, the censorship started because I started to inform people of the nonsense that the media was propelling out with regards to COVID nineteen. You see, uh, during two, you know twenty twenty, you know they created this propaganda, this fear mongering. Uh, and I wanted to ensure that there was a balance. Okay, yes, there's a pandemic and, you know, there's a virus. And, yeah, we need to be scared and we need to be cautious. But we don't need to be, you know, so scared that, you know, that this fear could potentially kill us. So I wanted to ensure that what the government was doing wasn't overreaching and there was a balance. So I would post on LinkedIn because I have a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Uh, and and I, like I said, I do a lot of... Uh, cross-border work so mm. for example even if i did a divorce case uh, the case may then uh you know cross into australia for example because the parents then disappeared with the with the child as an example so you know i, I i'm well known uh, around england and around the world so i had these all these followers etc so i was suspended on linkedin for about a year and a half so only recently i've got my account back and it was all because i was speaking up against covid uh, and the rollout of the vaccines, because I think, like I said to you, I think vaccines play a role. But hold on, slow down, okay? We've got a, we've got this pandemic. Suddenly, you've got this miracle concoction. Hold on, I need to think. I'm not going to just take it or allow it. My loved ones should suddenly just take something that's just been released to the market. I need to ensure that I've done my research. Well, the drug companies have done their research, uh, and. I'm also happy to listen to other people and other experts. So when my television was telling me, you know, run for the vaccine, you know, you're all going to die and it's dangerous, etc. What I did was I went back and I thought, okay, let me look for alternative doctors. Okay. And what they're saying. So I looked at the Barrington Declaration mm -hmm. and all the doctors within the Barrington Declaration. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, they've got an alternative view. Do I really need to be scared? Uh, or do I need to do a balanced approach? So I then decided not to take any vaccines. I decided to boost my immune system. I probably did have COVID. And my dad was unwell for about eight days. Uh, and I said to dad, uh, have you ever had a flu like this before, dad? He goes, I did uh, in the 1970s once, where I was really unwell for about seven to 10 days. And I was like, okay, perhaps in the 1970s, there was something called COVID. Uh, but uh, dad treated his COVID with uh, lemon juice, 
honey, ginger, garlic. So when I was doing my research for cancer, I learned lots of other things. So one of the ways I treat cold and flu is using Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, basically, getting one or two cloves of garlic, chopping it up fine, which releases the allicin, and then I mix the honey with it, and then I put it into my mouth and knock it before bed, and I take that over a three to five, over three, three, three nights or five nights, a bit like how the doctor just, uh, prescribes amoxicillin. Yeah, so that's my natural mm. amoxicillin that I would use for COVID or cold or flu. Right. It makes you wonder what they did before antibiotics came about, though, right? Because obviously, you go back a few, not not even that far away. I was speaking to some of the elderly patients, and, and they say that their mother would send them down the road to the woman that kind of made the broth. Um, they'd give us some some you know pennies for it, come back, drink the broth, and then they'd be all right again. So it it wasn't like you know you didn't go to the chemist and get stuff. So it's interesting how. We, I mean, when you do your research, you know as well as I do that there's a certain point in time where someone intervenes and then changes the whole medical system from a from a holistic medicine perspective to a, 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 a much more pharmaceutical dominated one. Um, so it's I don't think people understand just how much the system is against them for them to be healthy. They don't want people to be healthy. Generally, they don't. That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's a bit like, why would they put themselves out of business? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Follow the money or, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and it, it is about the money. Uh, and like I said, there has to be a balance. So modern medicine, there, there's lots of good things. So there are, you know, good surgeries. Like, so for example, when I've played sport, I've hurt, you know, hurt my shoulder in the past. I've dislocated my shoulder. Uh, and, uh, you know, modern medicine helped me with that. And they obviously you know, made it a lot easier for me and the way they kind of ease the pain in my arm and then push the bone back in. So there are lots of good things, but, you know, I don't think I'll be rushing to the hospital for it for, or the doctors for any kind of chemical medicine. Um, mm. You know, like I said, I, follow, I studied the history of medicine at school and mm. I wanted to be a doctor at one time. So my background and, and the history of medicine helped me treat my cancer because I understood that food is medicine and medicine is food. Uh, and I need to obviously, and like I said, I went back to the Holy Scriptures and what they said, the Bible and the Quran, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and found out that, you know, there's lots of good information in, in, in these things. Uh, and perhaps we need to look deeper uh, into uh, all these texts, etc. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping... Uh, and lots of people have thanked me for my book and uh, lots of people have enjoyed reading that book uh, because it obviously shares a true story of, of a British lawyer who, who and, and there's people around the world who come to London, you know, to England to treat cancer because they think, you know, England's got the best cancer treatment and there's me here in England declining the best cancer treatment in the world. Um, so, you know, that tells you something. Yeah, it does indeed. Um, listen, mate, we've, just want to wrap this up then for, for time purposes only. Have you got any final words for everybody before we get you to tell everybody where they can find you? Any final words? Yeah, so I, like I said, I, I was censored on TikTok. Apparently my material is on uh, is not authentic, which made me very angry. Uh, TikTok could tell me my material is not authentic. I'm on TikTok at Kung Fu Lawyer if anybody wants to find me. But you're not going to find anything useful there. You, you, you just see me singing, uh, <laughs> which doesn't help anybody. Um, 
my telegram uh, is called the angels advocate where i share videos and, and i discuss certain foods and go into more detail so uh, and my book is called the angels advocate how i overcame cancer the natural way and uh, like i said i include everything so if anybody's interested in reading how i uh, shrunk my cancer tumors how i eradicated cancer the natural way uh, have a look at my book and uh, if you need more information you can join my telegram channel where i'll clarify things uh, a little bit more as well brilliant well listen i know i'm conscious of time i keep saying that because i know it's a saturday and everyone's busy so any any brief final words before we sign off mate no i think matt thank you for inviting me i wanted to share this uh this story i hadn't done much with it uh it's only recently i thought okay i need to get back onto this and share this story because it's important uh to me and uh for me to be able to show people uh, how i treated perhaps the most you know dangerous deadly disease and when people hear the word cancer they know that everybody just you know everybody either cries or or gets upset uh, and here's me talking about it quite quite easily uh, and so perhaps it's not as dangerous or or you know deadly as we've been led to believe over the years and you know we're on a goose chase using chemotherapy radiotherapy you know, like i said I, you know i've met hundreds and thousands of people all around the world with different types of cancer who have healed naturally um you know before me after me and i meet people all the time uh, i can't tell people what to do you know there's something that they will have to decide so whether they want to go down the conventional route or do they go natural but i think if they do their reading their homework they'll learn a lot of things and that will <laughs> that will help them make more informed decisions mm. yeah I agree. I've, I've, I hammer that point home all the time. Education knowledge is key, really, because if you've got the knowledge, then when they try and scare you with things, it, it doesn't work because you, you've got the knowledge. So, well, that's 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 not right. That's not right. But they kind of rely on us not reading uh, and kind of not. Well, I wouldn't say suppressing, but it's, it's like a book burning mentality, isn't it? You know, with certain things, you can't get certain books on Amazon anymore, and you know, bits and pieces. Well, I, I think, to be honest, I don't think they have a duty. to tell you it's your duty it's your body it's your health you need you have a duty of care to yourself yeah so, you you're right you are right it's it's very easy to blame everybody else isn't it for for but it's so well it's your body you, you know you need to look after it if it was your car and it didn't work you wouldn't blame everyone else you'd be like well i didn't look after it so it's the same yeah. but we're very good at blaming other people aren't we when we realize actually it's our own it's us it's our fault kind of thing Right, well listen, Altavi saying thank you so much for joining me today, mate. Please stay in touch. I've got your details. I might need you for some legal advice later on in life, but you never know, so that'll be good. Um and I'll put the link in the description of the video for people to get your book. Um that's it. Anything else you want to add before we sign off, mate? Yeah, so so if people search for me, they can find me on social media if they want to speak to me on on issues like like I said I don't advise on cancer, etc. So but if they follow me, they'll learn exactly how I did it and what I did etc and for legal issues yeah you can you can you can find me on the internet brilliant Altaf Hussein thank you so much mate you have a good day buddy and I'll speak to you soon mate all right thank you Matt cheers bye bye